Welcome to Authentic Jewish Living with Yiska, our journey into finding our own authentic expressions within the Jewish tradition. This indeed unfolds the path to encounter the divine within each one of us. As always, I hope that today's episode will help you understand that authentic living in fact is a spiritual practice and that authentic living is essential to the Jewish way of living. Welcome everyone, Barachot Habaot, Barachim Habaim, Shalom Lakulam. This month's conversation, as with all, will highlight the diversity, the dynamic texture, and varied landscape that expresses and honors authentic Jewish living. I will be in conversation today with a special and unique personality in the Jewish world and in the world around, whose voice needs to be heard by many, by all people who seek inspiration, encouragement, and support to be true and faithful to their inner selves. With excitement, with joy, with so much gratitude, I am honored to be in conversation today with my friend, my teacher, my source of inspiration, Rav Daniel Silverstein. Shalom, Rav Daniel, shalom. Shalom, Yiska, my Welcome. friend and my teacher also, and it's really, really such a zechut to be with you. Mm. So let's tell the listeners a little bit about you, okay? Get ready, because this is an incredible bio that Rav Daniel is presenting to the world out there. So Rob Daniel is a rabbi, educator, meditation teacher, and MC slash poet. He lives in Israel with his family, where he directs Applied Jewish Spirituality, also known as AJS, an online portal which makes the transformative spiritual wisdom of our tradition accessible to all who seek it. And at the conclusion of our conversation, I will let the, the listeners know of the uh, URL in case they want to check your website out. He is also a faculty member at Romamu Yeshiva and the Conservative Yeshiva. Rav Daniel received smicha from YCT after graduating from the universities of Cambridge and Warwick. Daniel was born and raised in London, and he received a BA from the University of Cambridge and an MA from Warwick University. Rav Daniel has performed and facilitated all over the world as a spoken word artist, MC, and creative educator, and the Jewish Week selected him as one of their 36 under 36 Young Innovators, Reshaping the Jewish Community. Rav Daniel is a co-founder of Lines of Faith. And I didn't even know this about you till now. Lines of Faith, a Muslim-Jewish hip-hop 
and Poetry Collective that uses performances and workshops to challenge prejudice and to build meaningful bonds between communities. That's wonderful. Hip-hop. We all like to sing together. Rav Daniel is an accredited teacher of Jewish mindfulness meditation and regularly teaches classes and retreats. He has served as director of the Hillel Kulanu Center for Jewish Life in Cambridge in the UK and director of Jewish Life and Learning for Hillel of Stanford University in Palo Alto, California, before making Aliyah. So before we, again, thank you. Thank you for honoring uh, the podcast, me, the listeners, with your presence and with what you have to share with us. As, as I mentioned, we have the four questions. Manish Tanaha podcast podcasting, right? Why is this podcast different than all others? I guess you'll answer us. However, before the four questions, uh, in light of this diverse, just wonderful, exciting, creative bio, uh, because of what's going on in the world around us, uh, where you are in your own spiritual journey within, is there anything that you're emphasizing or is there anything that's calling upon you to direct more attention to? Thank you, Jessica. It's so great to be with you. Oh. And thank you for, for opening the space for me. Um, so the truth is, uh, I think like many people, the past year or so has been uh, a time of turning inward and focusing on Myself and you know, I, for those of us who live with other people who who are lucky and challenged you know, to live with other people, um, to focus on what's going on there, you know, with our families and our relationships with our families, and uh, that's really been the story of myself for the last mm -hmm. year. Um, you know, my the list of books I'd love to read and things I'd love to teach about and research subjects and then time I'd like to spend on music. That list is always getting bigger. Always, always. You know, there's never any, any diminishing there. Every book we finish, we have two more to replace it. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely uh, guilty of buying certain books that I haven't got around to reading yet. and try and rein that habit in, but it happens. Um, but, you know, the number of things I'd like to spend time putting out there to the world and so on, it just grows and grows and grows. And, you know... All the things I'd like to do really require investment of time. And what I've had to realize over the last year or so is like really I'm being called to focus on the foundation, just myself, my relationship with my very close family, my wife and my kids, and, um, and then our home, you know, and what the energy in the home and the relationships in the home. And um, to, to realize that honestly, before Corona began, um, I was to some extent... Um, taking those things for granted. Mm. I was to some extent, you know, I was present to the degree that I was. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I like to think I wasn't terrible, but I was, uh, there was a certain amount of autopilot going on and things were just taking care of themselves. Or, you know, I, I was, I was uh, scheduling things around my other things I was doing. You know, my work was taking a priority. And uh, with Corona, that, that actually became impossible to continue being the case, because, <laughs> uh, you know, as you know, you know, so that's, that's really been the story. And then just about a week ago, we actually moved house. 
We can all forget now. Well, Mazal Tov, Mazal Tov, Mishanem Makom, Mishanem Mazal. So, I mean, thank God. Our luck was pretty good before, but, you know, we'll take the blessing that it should get even better. Yeah, exactly. Thank, yeah. thank God. Um, and, you know, I, this is, moving is just the culmination of this time of focus and still feels like, you know, for some while we'll be settling in and my energy is still being called to, to focus there. Um, so I guess when I'm teaching, which, you know, thank God I still have opportunities to teach, which is great. I think I tend to be even more than before, focusing on, on just beginning with, you know, our experience of each moment and what's really going on for us in it, you know, inside ourselves, mm. with the people around us, in our bodies, in our emotions, um, and really um, turning towards that. And as you know, it's really something, you know, I think is very dear to your heart as well and something you teach as well, you know, really um, making space for that. And I think Corona's obviously been, you know, a tragedy, which has taken a lot of life and caused a lot of suffering. Um, and it's forced a lot of us, slash given a lot of us, the opportunity to, to realize we don't have a choice except to make that space. You know, that space is either, gonna, we're either going to make it or it's going to be made for us in a way that isn't ideal. Uh, so, you know, that, that's... And then we won't feel as connected to it when we feel it's forced on us. Right. Well, then it comes with suffering yeah, and God yeah. forbid, you know, and should, should please God, not be like that for, for any of us. But that is, that is how, how it is sometimes, you know, and that's, that's how these things work. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're here at this, uh, this, this point right now, you know, when this podcast is being recorded, today is the day in Israel where wearing a mask outside is no longer obligatory. And it feels like this amazing reawakening. And, you know, for, for the listeners, you should know that Yiska has this beautiful garden I walked through to get here, and she showed me all the beautiful trees and plants in it. And it, it really does feel, you know, at this point, a few weeks after Pesach, things are really opening up here. But first of all, we know that for many places in the world, it's not like that right now. Like many people in the world are very much... Still, still in the midst of lockdowns, and you know that that's that's reality. And also, everyone, even here, and everyone in the world is under uncertainty, right? Nobody knows. Will there be a resurgence? Will there be a variant which the uh, which the vaccines are immune, uh, you know, don't work against, and then we'll have to have the same thing over again? Uh, and just, I, I think, generally, even beyond those specific things, just I think Corona showed us all how. Um, everything we took for granted about our daily routine and the institutions we depend on and the world in general is a little bit more fragile and flexible and unpredictable than we assumed it was. Mm. And, and therefore, I think a lot of us are living with just, just a little bit greater sense of humility in the mm. face of that. Uh, and again, I, you know, I think it's helpful to, um, to, to kind of take that as an invitation to focus on what we do have a direct relationship to what we do I don't, I don't commonly use the word control but I mean I do believe we well, we have freedom of choice right to do that work right exactly the so inner. when so much around us seems uh, it doesn't really matter what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling it isn't I have no choice in this right. yet I do have a choice what to do with it right exactly. and that's what I'm hearing from you you're taking yeah. the opportunity well, actually, you're seeing this as an opportunity, notwithstanding the suffering and the tragedy in it. Yet, you're doing something positive with it. I mean, 
I'm trying to, and you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, share that perspective. And uh, you know, I want to acknowledge it's hard. You know, especially those. You know, I you know personally, you know, I didn't suffer you know, as, a, as a, a huge deal myself personally uh, through Corona. But obviously, for those people who have, that's, mm. that challenge is far greater. Um, yeah, that's but that's that unpredictability and that lack of control of our world. Just, as I say, it's like, like, as you said, it's like an invitation to focus on wh- where can we make a difference, right? Wh- where, ca- where can we be alive fully? And, you know, I think Judaism is so rich in its model of saying, to me, it just says it over and over again in so many different ways, we start from the inside out. Everything, everything seems to start from the inside out. It's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's a to It's an argument about, like, the way the Mishkan, the tabernacle was constructed, right? You know, like the building or the furniture, but ultimately the, the divine presence is, is in the... The Mishkan is the tabernacle that we built in the wilderness. Right, thank you. Um, so, yeah, ultimately we, you know, the holiest place in it is in the inner, inner, inner sanctuary, right? The holy of holies. And, it, and everything emanates out from there. And, you know, I, I think so too with everything in, in our own lives. We, it's impossible to skate along the surface, you know, and, and ignore what's going on beneath. I think uh, we ultimately uh, we get awakened to it one way or the other. So that's a very inspiring insight. Wow, skating around the surface can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, if we do, we feel defeated. We feel we feel sad. We feel broken. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's move on to our four questions. Why is this podcast different than all other podcasts? I don't know yet. Let's see. So the first question is, within a Jewish framework, in in general, how do you understand phrases such as authentic living, living my truth, and or inner integrity, phrases like that, that call upon touching, encountering, and honoring the inner self? Great. Um... So actually, it kind of relates to what I was talking about before. This this is what I'm feeling a lot at the moment. So that when I was thinking about the questions, this is what came up. And um, it's really about listening. It's, re- it's really about Shema. You know, hear, hear, O Israel, listen, O Israel. You know, every, everything is wow. one. And this this uh, this constant practice of of listening to what's going on, again, in ourselves, and our bodies, and our emotions, with the other people we're around, in the world around us. Remember I was with someone um, about 10, 15 years ago. Bob Dylan had just released <clears throat> the album Love and Theft. And I was with a beautiful, sensitive, intelligent soul. And uh, when she heard the first song of the album, there was like this raucous kind of bluegrass country thing. She said, why isn't he listening? She was like pained and anguished. Like the world was in turmoil and like this song seemed to be happy. You know, I remember that. Really made an impression on me. And you know, of course, there are lots of reasons why I actually think it's okay that he made that song at that time. <laughs> but, the, but in that person's experience, you know, it was jarring because it, it wasn't fitting how they felt about the world at that time. But really the question is, how do, how do I feel about the world at that time? Right? That, that's where we have to start from. What, what, are you, what are you hearing? Right, what am I hearing? What am I feeling? What's really going on in me? Um, you know, for many years, my own spiritual practice um, has included just sitting and listening to what's going on in my body, just turning towards it, being present with it, 
Um, I discovered after a few years of doing that, there's a whole thing called focusing that is all about that. That's beautiful and wonderful, and people have taken it in all kinds of great directions. Um, but you know, for me, it's kind of been um, kind of part mindfulness practice, and also kind of kind of kind of a bridge to my prayer practice as well. Like I, I go into prayer when I can, when I have the opportunity. Kind of having done that, and then find I'm praying. You know, like the Piazza Rebbe, both of our teacher, like he talks about. You know, the more present you can be then that's how much more present whatever you're speaking to is going to be. You know, we can't expect God to show up if we're not showing up. So um, so too with life, right? So too with everything. Like if I'm half present, then whoever I'm with, I'm only, even if they can be more present, I'm not going to even experience their presence. Right, even if, the, even if God is fully present, which right. theologically God is always fully present. Right. However, we don't sense it unless we are. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's my answer to the first question. It's this this constant listening and um, constant listening. That's wonderful. I've yet to be in conversation with anyone in this podcast series that has brought that up about authentic living, cultivating inner integrity. It it really is about listening to ourselves. The Kodumamadaka, perhaps the still small voice within. And she speaks in a still, small way. Right. So we need to pay extra attention to hear her. Right. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So in light of that, uh, what is your one or perhaps to go-to favorite Torah teaching that expresses your personal sense of your Jewish identity best? So, yeah, I went back and forth about a few different ones on this. Um, I'll start with one briefly. Um, that maybe since I didn't know I had the choice of doing more than one. So, well, so I'll, I'll well, do, I'll do one. The reason I say more than one is <laughs> because most people say, you mean I have to like only <laughs> share one? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's hard enough to do two, one. So, right. if you feel like compelled, mm-hmm. two. One would be nice also. <laughs> the, I'll do one briefly okay. and then the main one. Because um, this is the one I didn't, I like, you know, thought I'd leave it out, but, you know, since, since maybe I can do this briefly, I, I think it's an important aspect of all. Um, so teaching by the Kedusha Slavi on, on Tishbav and Tubav, on the fast of Av and then the, the love celebration that comes That's after. That's where we live Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, the great Hasidic master, um, student of the Maggid of Mesrich. And, um, you know, just a legend in so, so many respects. You know, uh, an, incredible, an incredible mind, um, but also an incredible soul. You know, someone who loved our people so much, is famous for defending our people, helping our people in so many ways. A defense attorney. Them. Exactly, <laughs> the great defense attorney of our people. So um, he, he talks about the month of Av, uh, the the summer month where we have the fast for the destruction of our temples and our civilizations, and then the love festival that symbolizes the hope and rebuilding that comes after. And uh, he points out that of the name of the month means father, and uh, he talks about how based on a lot of sources I won't go into like go, relevant to to the fast day and to to the love festival too. above he talks about how how the creator is just waiting for us to realize that we have one father, that we're ultimately from the same source. And, you know, I realize that, you know, not everybody likes the language of father. You might use mother, you can use 
source of life. I mean, I totally get it. For a year, for many years, I couldn't use the word God myself. But like the point, the point is, we all come from the same place. There's there's a oneness. You know, it's Shema Yisrael again. You know, there's everything is one. There's a oneness that we're part of. Ultimately, all of life is in this oneness. But certainly, first of all, I really believe he's pointing us towards the fact that we we have a oneness as a tribe, as a people. And he's asking us to turn towards that and pay attention to it and appreciate that. And he's saying, when we do, that's what turns our days of mourning into our days of rejoicing. And it's, it's so beautiful. I know, and that's really a Torah he embodied. You know, we know from the many stories about him, he really brought that energy into the world in so many ways. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, I feel um, I've always tried, you know, we teach what we learn. And I've always kind of, well, we do, sorry, we teach what we need to learn. <laughs> so I... I already feel I've always felt drawn towards teachings like that because I, you know, they challenge me to be more accepting of people who are different to me, and and I and I feel unfortunately I'm not the only one who needs that. You know, looking around the Jewish world, we have a lot of <laughs> unnecessary, you know, boundaries and borders and and lines and and you know all kinds of studio of, of garbage that separates us. Slicing and dicing. Slicing and dicing. <laughs> and uh, you know, I really try to, to work on uh, you know being beyond that you know I really see myself mm. as trying to just not even play that game of course you know I don't always succeed but you know I try very much to, to, to not get sucked into that so that was one that was I told you it would be quick right that was my, my quick one beautiful I, just the idea of moving from feeling orphaned mm. and the grief and the ongoing mm. mourning that accompanies that to a sense of loneliness that's part of Tisha B'Av. Right. And then we move to the Tuba'av, mm. which is the 15th, and it's the Yud and the Hey, mm-hmm. which is one of God's names, one of the divine names, where we feel held, we feel mm. cuddled, we feel loved. We no longer feel alone and lonely. So. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. you thank you for bringing that, that dimension out of the teaching. So the other teaching uh, is from the Shinobla Rebbe, uh, also a student of the Maggid of Mezrich, and uh, also, actually, he was a little older, also a student of the, and a friend of the Baal Shem Tov. Uh, the Shinobla Rebbe wrote, um, well, his teachings were written in the book, the Mo'o'e'nayim. Which I know is one of your favorites. Thank God. You, I, uh, you know, my good friend, I should give a shout out to uh, Rabbi Yaakov Lehman. You know, he came to my house one day and he pulled it out and showed me a couple of teachings in it. This was soon after we'd moved to Israel. And he just, he, we shared maybe, you know, just like 20 minutes, half an hour. He showed me a couple of quick tours. Changed my life. Wow. And, and from that day wow. on, from that day on, I've just been, you know, very, very regularly, sometimes, you know, every day, you know, with this book. Um, it's just phenomenal. And the Rebbe says in the book, I'm trying to get you to see the light inside the letters. Not even what's in the letters of the Torah. Not even what the Torah says. I'm trying to help you see the light behind the letters. That's what that's what it's all about, and he does. You know, that's really that's really what it's all about, and hence the name of the book. And uh, you know, it's it's phenomenal, and uh, just just uh, you know, yeah, a big, a huge source of support. And it it's kind of like uh, you know, you find people along your journey who you resonate with, and so the teaching I'm going to share actually um, was turned into a song. By Rav David Zeller, the Chol yeah. and uh, you know his son Mordechai, Rav Mordechai is a dear friend of mine, and Mordechai shared with me that his father was 
also obsessed with the Moen you know, with his copy, like mine, was like covered in notes every page, you know, and like it's it's just you know beautiful. His you know Rob David's his his journey has really inspired me a lot. He has a beautiful book called The Soul of the Story. Uh, that's like a collection of his meetings of other people. That's also about his own journey, and that that book really deeply touched me at several points in my journey. And you know, at one point I had to leave it behind because I didn't have room for it in my bag. And then I I got to Israel where I was traveling, and I found a copy waiting there for me in the place I was. My mush like on my bed. It, it was you know it was very bashir. So uh, you know, there's this uh, this current, these waves that you know we we can be blessed to be touched by and ride when when we open ourselves to them. Anyway, the teaching I want to share. So it actually it does it does uh, mention listening. It's a slightly different uh, form of the teaching about listening. So uh, the teaching uh, it's on Pasha Yitro, the Pasha where we receive the Ten Commandments in the Book of Exodus for the first time, and uh, the teaching. Uh, it's based on the teaching in the Gomorrah and the Talmud, where it says in Masechet Shabbat, it says, when the Jewish people said, we will do, and then we will listen, meaning we will do the Torah, we will fulfill it before we even understand it, before we even know what it is. We will accept it before we even know what the Torah says. So that when the Jewish people said that, the Talmud says, the angels, the ministering angels said, oh, sorry, no, it's not the angels say it, it's that God says, who taught the, them, who taught the Jews, B'nai Israel, who taught them the secret of the angels? And that's it. So the teaching go, goes on to explain the whole, what, the whole meaning of uh, we will do and we will listen in the context of life's ups and downs. Talking about the fact that sometimes we feel connected, sometimes we feel inspired, sometimes our spiritual practice is easy, sometimes our relationships flow, and sometimes not. Right? And you know, we all know we all know that about life, but well, it's a relation. We have a relationship with the divine, so as any relationship with human beings, there's ups and there's downs. There's ups and there's actually, I, if I could just interject, I, I've come to understand that we learn about human relationships in how we cultivate a relationship with the divine. And we learn how to cultivate a relationship with the divine by how we cultivate relationships with other human beings. Like one really mirrors or manifests. Of course, the divine is the divine and other humans are other humans. But experientially for each one of us, it's very similar. Yeah. Absolutely. So of course, there's, uh, there are times that it's up. There are times that it's down. I feel yeah. more connected, less connected. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Anyway, it make, makes sense, you know. We're created in the image of God. And ultimately, and this is something the Rebbe, the Shinobla Rebbe, when I'm really stresses over and over again, ultimately God is in everything. If, there, if there's a loving oneness who created everything, then, it, then you know, for the Shinobla, he's in everything. And certainly everyone, but really everything as well. And that's actually part of this teaching. So, you know, we all know that when things are going great, it's very, it's very easy to keep, keep going, right? Great, you know, wonderful. But when things are less good, it's very easy to spiral the other way. A lot mm -hmm. of things in our life are spirals. You know, our galaxy is a spiral, our DNA is a spiral. And often we get caught in spirals, for better and worse. So when things are hard, it's very easy to judge, to blame, to make up a story about why it's hard. You know, the reason I'm having a bad day is because, you know, I'm not good enough. Or that person is not good enough. That person did something to me. The reason I'm not good enough is because something my parents did and I'm never going to be good. The reason I'm not <laughs> good enough... Judgment. You know, the government, the UN, who do you, you know, who do you want to blame, you know? Right. 
So we, you know, we all we all uh, have uh, you know the possibility of, of acting in that way and, and essentially making it worse, right? You know, mm-hmm. I feel bad. Then I make up a story about why I feel bad that makes me feel even worse, and all, all my negative emotions kind mm. of soup together, and you know, I can wallow in it. And God forbid, you know, we've all been there. But like we, you, we, you know, the teaching is really offering us a different way. As teaching originally goes back to the Belshem top, but the Rebbe really put it in such a beautiful way. He said, "Look, we, we you know, already from uh, Sefi Yitzira, our first mystical text, it was talking about Ratzovashov. It's a verse from the Book of Ezekiel." The angels on the divine chariot that Ezekiel had a vision of were going up and down, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and throughout our whole mystical tradition, this has been interpreted as people saying, life is full of ups and downs. Things are going back and forth. Energy travels back and forth. Your cells fire, then they rest. The sun goes up and it goes down. Like this is the nature of our life. And the Rebbe saying, okay, if we know that, can we hold that and apply that even when we're actually feeling disconnected, when things are dark, when things are hard. Now, and he, he acknowledges it's hard. He says, listen, he doesn't say exactly this in this teaching I'm referring to, he says it in a different teaching. All his teachings are very connected. He says, listen, if it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be a test. And if it wasn't a test, you wouldn't grow through it. So you, there has to be a loss of what he calls darts, I call it awareness, I call it mindfulness, really. Right? It has to be a loss of that awareness in order to force you to grow. Right? If, if, you're, if you're not, if you're in your comfort zone, then you're never going to grow. There's nothing to yearn for then. There's right. nothing to reach or aspire towards. Exactly, exactly. Yearning is so important. The, the ratzon, the yearning, the kisufa, right? The, the Maggid talks about, the, Re, the Rebbe's teacher, the Maggid talks about this. It's the, it's, the, it's the yearning that unifies everything. It's the yearning that pulls everything together. So, But not from a know. place of not being grateful. Right. Dafka from a place of being grateful. Right. Because many people can misunderstand what it is to yearn. It's not that I don't feel grateful. Right. It's because I am so grateful, I want to be even closer. Beautiful. I want to taste it even more from the place of gratitude. Right. That's what I'm hearing from what you're teaching. Absolutely, yes. And I want to acknowledge, you know, so actually, okay, I want to say, it's actually good. You're helping me tease out what's so, so unique about this particular teaching from the Rebbe. Because what he says is, even if you're in the very lowest place. And this is something that Rabbi Nachman really built on. Rabbi Nachman really took this teaching and uh, expanded on it. But he says, even if you're in the lowest place, let's say you don't feel gratitude, right? Let's say, let's say you're having such a hard time that even though, okay, ideally our yearning would be from a place of expansiveness and gratitude and all these things. But let's say you're mamash in the pits, right? Let's, let's yeah. say you're having not just a bad day. Let's say you're having a bad year, right? Let's say, it's, it's, say it's been really hard on every level. So the Rebbe says it like this. He says... Everything is life. The life force of everything is the same thing. And he says, whether you're talking about animals or insects or the shoes on your feet, the ground on your feet, the table, every single thing has the same life force flowing through it. So even if what you're feeling in your body and your being is actually pain, constriction, suffering, nothing good, right? You know, certainly not gratitude, right? Not, not any of this kind of... Even that misery that you're feeling is the divine life force flowing through it right and, and he says that's where you can start that's, that's what's going on that's where you can start that's amazing that is just amazing not it's more than just it's more than ain od milvado it's more than there's nothing besides the divine it's, it's the same divine force right 
That's phenomenal. I can see why that would be a favorite of yours. It's beautiful. I can really see why that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's You're so welcome. <sighs> I'll just say, you know, we've sung the words from this teaching many times together on retreat. And, and some of your listeners may know the song. Uh, the Rav David Zelazal, you know, put to the melody. It's, Halo Chayani. Oh, Halo Chayani. This is from this teaching. Halo Chayani. Right? Am I not alive? Who me? Who actually? What is this aliveness that I am? Hello, Habari Yibarach. Is it not the blessed creator? So, and, and he says, we can start with that anytime. We, you know, we can do it. And, you know, Rabbi Jeff Roth, one of my teachers of meditation, puts it slightly differently. He says, now it's like this. Now it's like this. But the it, right? If you acknowledge the it is the oneness behind everything, then it's the same thing. Now it's like this. Now it's like that, right? It just manifests in different energies, different right. moods, different emotions the it is the same right marvelous marvelous mm. see listeners now you know why i'm a student of rob daniel it's like always teaching me something beautiful okay third question how do you see your role as a voice of change in the jewish world and actually in the world at large i think everyone believes there's room for improvement in the world there's room for change in the world. How do you see you in that? Your voice, your teachings, your position. Yeah, you know, this one I really don't know about anymore. I guess I'm in a kind of transitional phase of it. Um, I'm hoping that over the next few months, please God, you know, really, if, if time allows and circumstances allow, I'm going to be able to focus on my music again more and to integrate that with my learning and teaching. But honestly, um, being that I'm not currently expressing that, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm really. I guess I'm in just in a very open place about it. And I talk, I talked just a little bit about. You know, I'm very proud that I've been blessed. Uh, you know, to work with people like you. And, you know, and Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Ruth and Dr. Mira, and Rabbi Lauren. You know, it's just been incredible. The you know to to make AJS happen. Uh, to make the website happen, you mentioned before, is you know it happened totally organically. Totally, you know, I never like really dreamed of designing it. You know, just the way it unfolded was was just uh, you know the universe was just flowing, and uh, you know that that has been as a it's been a privilege, and you know through that I do think I'm contributing. Thank God, this this uh, greater sensitivity in Torah, you know, through, through people like you teaching your Torah to more people, I think I'm contributing something that Torah with a greater capacity for listening and, you know, that I'm talking about and, and for noticing what's going on inside ourselves and sensitivity to those around us, you know, thank God I'm helping to bring that to the world. Um, but I don't know yet where my unique voice in that is, you know, where, where, where the thing is that like only I can say, but uh, certainly, you know, just if just to have been doing that the last few years, it's just been such a privilege, and you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Wonderful. We don't mm. ever have to be totally clear on how we see ourselves as a voice of change. It's in it's a work in progress. Yeah. I can tell you, as a follower of AJS, not only using AJS as a platform for me to share some of my Torah, but to be a student of others, yours and many of the other faculty members, just what you have on your logo, what you have on your logo has been a voice of change for me. And I have quoted it. 
seeing Judaism as a spiritual practice. I don't think I could over-exaggerate or overemphasize how much that has affected me. Mm. And how many times I've quoted you that Rav Daniel Silverstein sees Judaism through the lens. Yes, we are a culture, we're a nation, we are a religion, we have our halachot, we have our commandments, we have all of that. Yes, it's not instead of, it's in addition to, or actually it's a more all-encompassing, you know, this sovev kolamin and this mamalei kolamin. Mm-hmm. This is a surrounding, all-encompassing of what's within. Seeing Judaism through the lens of a spiritual practice that's a voice of change for me. It has created shifts within me to see my Judaism through the lens of spiritual practice. Thank you for saying that, Yiska. It uh, means a lot to me. You know, that was one thing when I was like making the logo and the website and everything, that was one thing that really felt right. You know, it was really like, and I, I certainly not taking any credit for it at all. I think those words, maybe those exact words, if not something very similar, were written by Rabbi Alan Luz, in one of his books. Uh, I'm not surprised. I, yeah, I, 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 believe, I believe so. I, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, but certainly I received it from my teachers, you know, and that's, that's how I see it. I can't see it any other way, you know. I mean, yes, as you said, we're a people, and that the people who are the unity of the people are love for each other, and then the healing we can bring to the world, because I believe, as our friend Rav Mike Foyer teaches, we're a microcosm of humanity in many ways. Yes. And so when we can love and accept ourselves and each other, then we can bring tremendous healing to the whole world. To I, the whole I, world. I really believe that, and I've experienced that, thank God. But, yeah, it has to start from the spiritual practices, which are challenging us to grow. And that's, yeah, that's where it begins for me. Amen. Amen. Can you hear some? So the fourth question has an A and a B to it. Mm -hmm. The A part, what is your one ask of status quo Jewish leadership, whether it be rabbinical and or educational? If you could have a wish come true, like when God said to Shlomo HaMelech in his dream, what one thing would you like? I mean, What's your one wish? You know, I think really resonant with everything else I've been talking about. You know, it would be, it'll be making more space for that listening. It would be, be making more space. You know, so often I've been in synagogue services and, you know, there's a lot of noise happening, but I, I'm not experiencing a huge amount of people being really in touch with what's going on inside themselves. And, you know, especially now we've had the whole experience of Corona where, you know, a lot of synagogues were forced to shut down or do things differently and then now, hopefully, you know, starting from now, we'll have the privilege of getting back together again. I hope this can be an opportunity for, for people to be a little bit more attached to, this is the way we've always done it. You know, a lot of synagogues, it feels like almost like a game, a sport. They're checking a checklist, you know, they're ticking things off, and, and they're, they're trying to, like, prove, like, we're kosher because, you know, this is the way we've always done it, or this is the way everybody else does it, and so we're going to do it the same. And, you know, I would love to see... Just to let people realizing there's a spiritual element to prayer. I mean, it sounds it sounds like painful. That I even have to say it, you know, because but it's it's really true, and it, that it's not um, space is not made for it often, right? So it would lo- I would love to see that. I'm talking about you know places I happen to dove in here in Israel, which are mostly you know Orthodox places, you know, often uh, Mizrahi. Uh, but, you know, right across the board, uh, you know, Orthodox and other communities all around the world that, you know, I've had the privilege of being in and others, 
just what's going on inside? You know, can, can we just pay a little bit more attention to that? Can we make more space for that? Can we be a little, little bit more concerned for that? Uh, it seems to me um, our prayer will be so much more effective and meaningful if we can. And your ask is of the leadership to role model that for us. To right, do. right, yeah. yeah. Because we look to our leaders for guidance. Right. When they say it's important, we'll believe that much more easily that it is important because our leaders are speaking to that. Right. And it's actually, it's very easy, you know, to find justification for this in the Talmud, oh, okay. in the Mishnah Torah, in the Shulchan Aruch. Mm. This is not a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> this is like... This is not a stretch. <laughs> this is really easy. And, we, you know, we basically entered a position about 500 years ago where we, we became dependent on legal authorities saying, oh, these days... People are so pathetic. We don't even expect you to have any concentration during your prayer. So from now on, it's okay to be distracted. And, and we tend to just rely on that. And, uh, you know, I think times are changing again. I think for prayer to be compelling for a lot of people these days, it's actually not okay for it to be like reading a shopping list. You're right. You know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zechat Tzadik Levercha said, there's two ways to look for a leader to look at the flock. You can look at the lowest common denominator and teach to that, or you can look at the highest common denominator and teach to that. And it's always, we know as educators, both of us and as parents, raise the bar. Raise the bar, not lower the bar. As we raise the bar, it doesn't mean everyone will reach it, but at least they'll have a greater sense of, I can do it. My father, my mother, my Rebbe, my, my Rabbah believes in me. And that's why it was very important for the Lubavitcher Rebbe to, to, to help us realize, well, what's my highest common denominator with everybody else? It's my soul. There's a piece of me that's created in the image of God, mm. which is way higher than I am part of a species called the Homo sapien. And, and that's true, I am. However, that's not my highest common denominator. Right. It doesn't speak to the higher me. So... I, I want to second your ask. Let the leaders speak to the higher us mm. and, and teach mm. to that. Well, so the flip side of this, mm. leaders being leaders, meaning they're also people, and they have their own ups and downs, what would be your one ask of status quo Jewish congregations, Jewish communities, Jewish people in general? I think related, but you know, slightly different, I would say, I've just been made aware recently of the tremendous cost of the last year of Corona in terms of mental health and well-being. Mm. And so, you know, I would just emphasize what the amazing work that so many already are doing, but I would just encourage and support and that people focus on it even more. Just the basic taking care of people. You know, the, as you know, there are so many people who have been forced into a position of having almost no human contact, which has had an incredible cost on their spiritual and mental health and well-being uh, a lot of people who have been forced into you know being at home with people forced into close quarters with people and not able to leave where they have very difficult relationships oh. you know unfortunately you know, you know related upticks and all kinds of abuse and you know i think more than ever if a community is a, a meaningful thing then it needs to be doing everything it can to be taken care of such people and everyone in it you know that is going through this big upheaval in, in their lifestyle and in, in their well-being. So, I again, I'm so grateful to say, you know, I know so many people have been doing great work in that area, but 
uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it can be enough. You know, that can never be enough. There's so much to do. It can never be enough. Well, thank you. That's that's. Gosh, I'm just thinking throughout the year because I'm over 65. So there's an organization in Israel that calls everyone mm-hmm. over 60. I, I have received phone calls from total strangers working for this organization. Gevaret, how are you? Is there anything you need? Do you need any shopping done? Do you need someone to take you to the doctor? Not knowing who they're talking to other than my birth date. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, my gosh, aside from having family and friends and community members who check in with me, I, I'm living in a country where that's part of the way we moved through Corona here. Thank God. I felt so blessed. Mm-hmm. So thank God I didn't need them. And I said, you know, Tiskula Mitzvot, may you merit to, to really only for increased goodness in your life that you take the time out of your day to call a complete stranger to check in. It's amazing. We need more of that. You're right. We, we need, need more, more of that. that. And yeah. That so... Yeah. So touching and inspiring to, to hear that that happens. Yeah. And as you say, please God, there should be even more of it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Hmm. Listeners, a force to contend with, a gentle, wonderful force to contend with, Rob Daniel Silverstein. Thank you. In conclusion, uh, could you just mention to all of us the website and also if someone wants to be in touch with you personally and to follow up with you after hearing this podcast, how are you accessible to the world? Sure, thanks. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been lovely. Um, So the website is Applied Jewish Spirituality, all one word, .org, AppliedJewishSpirituality.org. And then there's a contact page on the website. If you write a message there, I get it right away. Or you can email me, Daniel at AppliedJewishSpirituality.org. So either way, I'll get it right away. Terrific, terrific. Well, I thank you again. And as we're moving out, you're right, today was the first day I went outside to go to a store. I realized I didn't have to wear my, my mask. May that health move to the entire world. We Amen. say, mm. From Zion, may it go out into the world, Amen. increased well-being to all of us as we move into the summer now and in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and may all of us just cultivate well-being. And thank you for your teachings. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for being here and providing for us the leadership with compassion, with empathy, and with the love that you do. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's so lovely to be with you. Call to everybody. Shalom. And we'll be in touch soon. Shalom.